What I'm sharing today could change your life. It could change everything about your life. In fact, the next 30 minutes that we're going to be together could change your life in such an amazing way that you're going to say, I can't believe that just happened. I cannot believe that I went to church and in, in one 30-minute sermon, I'm not saying the sermon's great or even good. I'm just saying it is very practical. And today, we're going to be thinking about something that could change everything about your life. You say, John, what are we talking about today? Here's what we're talking about. How to spend a day. God's greatest gift to us is the gift of eternal life, salvation. It never ends. If we're saved, we live in heaven with God forever. It doesn't get better than that. But God's second greatest gift is the gift of life. That's what we have now, the gift of life. In Jeremiah 45 and verse 5, I preached on this two or three weeks ago. God said, I will give your life to you as a prize. In all places, wherever you go, I'm giving you your life. It's my gift. It's your prize. Enjoy your life. But what is life? Life is one day after another. When we think about life, we think, man, I hope I live to be 90 or 100 or 110 years old, and wouldn't that be great? But even if we get to live that long, what, what is it? It's just one day at a time. Did you know today is the 246th day of the year? That means there are 245 days that we've already lived. After today, there are 119 days remaining in this year. But here we sit on day 246. What does that mean? It means we can't go back and relive the first 245 days. They're over and done. But neither can we jump off into October and November and December and start living those 119 days that are yet to be here. We're stuck in day 246. And that's how it is every day. Tomorrow we'll be in day 247. We can't relive day 246. And so we talk about God has given me my life. I pray I'll have a long life. I do too. But what is life? It is, it is one day after another. And we're in a day and we can only live that day at that time. And so the question is, how do I spend a day? <laughs> because if I can figure out how to spend a day then I can figure out what to do with my life. And if I'll just learn to spend the day right, that means tomorrow I can wake up and do it over again. And, and I'm telling you, it is absolutely life-changing. Now, open your Bible, if you would, to the book of Psalms, one of the greatest books in the Bible. I love the Psalms. And let's begin by looking at Psalm 118, verses 24. This is the first verse I ever memorized when I was a little fella. Very first verse, and it's a tremendous verse. Psalm 118 and verse 24. The psalmist said this, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's say that together. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And so this is the day, day 246, we're in it. And it's the only day we have. The others are gone, and the uh, other ones haven't come yet. Someone has said this, nobody can go back and start a new beginning. But anyone can start today and make a new 
ending. So sometimes in life we think, man, if I could just go back to the third grade and, and just rewind it back and live my whole life over again, there's some things I would do different. Well, you know, you can't go back to the third grade. It doesn't work that way. Nobody can go back uh, to the beginning like that and, and make a fresh start. But anyone can start today, today, day 246, today. And by changing how we live today, we can have a new and a better ending. So this is the day. Now turn back a few more pages to Psalm 113. This is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. And in this one verse, it tells us how to spend a day. From the time you wake up until the time you go to bed, this is what you do. Notice, what, notice the verse, Psalm 113.3. From the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. There's, a, there's an old song. From the rising of the sun, you know that? To the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. Well, it's a beautiful song. Now, that word praised in our, in our English Bible, that English word praised, comes from the Hebrew word halal, H-A-L-A-L, from which we get our word hallelujah, and it does mean to praise God. But that word also could be translated shine. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to shine. In other words, that you and I should live our lives in such a way that we put a shine on God's name, that we make God's name look good, that other people who know us, who may not know the Lord, would say, you know what? I don't know this God they serve. I don't know this God they pray to. I don't know this God they worship. But I'll tell you one thing, the way that person lives their life, I want to know their God. You put a shine on God's name. And so if we'll live our lives in the right way, then we can do that. Now, the question is, how do we spend a day? And so I'm gonna mention three things today. This is, not, this is not deep, this is not complicated, and yet it is profound. Three things that you can do that will change your day every day and thus change your life. The first thing I would encourage you to do is to begin your day with Jesus. Begin your day with Jesus. In other words, when you wake up, the first thought that should be on your mind is not, okay, today I've got to do this, that, or the other, or today all this is happening, or I'm worried about. The first thing you should think when your eyes wake up, now I know some of you, when you wake up, you just wake up and you're just singing and jumping out of bed, and the others of us, we wake up and say, oh man, it's morning already. What happened tonight? Where did the night go? So some wake up in a hurry and some are like me. It takes a few minutes to kind of become conscious. But however it is, when you first are aware that it's a new day, the first thing you should think is Jesus. In my bedroom, I have a picture of Jesus. To my left, by my door coming into the bedroom, and when I wake up, first thing my eyes see is that picture of Jesus. And I'll normally say something. I did this this morning. I normally would just say something. Good morning, Lord. Thank you that I slept last night. Thank you for this day. I'm just kind of starting slow. But I'm, what I'm trying to do at the beginning of a day is I'm trying to make a connection with Jesus. Now, for me, before I ever get out of bed, I like to spend just a few minutes as I'm coming to and getting started and kind of stretching. I like to take just a few minutes and say, now, God, before I get out of bed, before I start doing what, if I'm going to exercise or clean up or go to work, whatever I'm doing, God, today... I want to just thank you for some of the greatest blessings that you've given me. God, I, I did this this morning. God, I thank you that I'm saved. God, I thank you that I know that I'm saved. I've said it many times from this pulpit before. The only thing better than being saved is to be saved and know that you're saved. I'm thankful I know when I die I'm going to heaven and not hell. That's a big deal to me. 
And so I just thank God for that every day. God, I thank you that I'm saved. I thank you I know that I'm saved. God, I thank you that I'm healthy and strong and you've healed me of things I've been through in my life. I thank you for that. God, I thank you for my family. God, I thank you for First Baptist Church, Pasadena. I say that seven days a week. God, I thank you for First Baptist Church in Pasadena. Thank you for my house. Thank you for my car. Thank you for my clothes. Thank you for my food that I can eat. Thank you for the material blessings that you've given me. Doesn't take long to say these things. God, I thank you for my eyes that I can see. That's a vision is a big deal to me. Thank you for my ears that I can hear. Thank you, God, that I have legs, I can walk. Thank you, God, for my lungs that I can breathe. Thank you, God, my heart. My heart, just every second I get a new heartbeat. And it's been doing that all my life. God, I just want to thank you that that I have that. I just want to thank you, Lord. There's something, at least for me, I'm not saying you should do exactly what I do, but there's something for me about starting my day just thanking God for these blessings that gets my mind going in the right direction. And then back in the late 1990s, very early 2000, I started praying a prayer that I read called the PACE prayer, P-A-C-E. It's an acrostic. And the idea behind this prayer is most of us, our days are busier than they should be. I believe that. We're probably doing things that God doesn't even expect us to do. But in some days, we're doing what God expects us to do, and it's just a lot. And so I just say, God, as I go through this day, I just pray that I could, I want to pace myself so that even if I'm physically busy, going in a hurry from here, there, and everywhere, that in my spirit, I'm calm, I'm composed, I'm cool, I'm in the moment, I'm not rushed. My mind's not going as fast as my body's going. I can remember back in the 1980s, I've always been a big sports fan. And in, in the 80s, when I was in high school, my favorite player was Larry Bird, Boston Celtics, three-time world champion. And some of you guys that, were, that go back that far, you remember when, when, uh, when the Celtics were in those championships, the special thing about Larry Bird, when the game is on the line, it's in the fourth quarter, they're in the Boston Garden, or back then, back in the Los Angeles Forum playing the Lakers, and everybody's nervous, and, and the cra- it's so loud, and everything's happening so fast, old Larry Bird could just get that ball, step back behind the three-point line, put that ball in, swish. He was just, he was known, they used to say he has ice, he has like ice in his veins. He never gets nervous. He never seems rattled. And some, they interviewed him about that. And they said, Larry, how is this possible? How is it that when the game is going on and there's so much noise and tension and pressure and people are nervous and a lot of players are just missing shots badly, how is it that you can stay so calm? And Larry Bird said this, he said, I can't explain it, but here's what happens. He said, when I'm in a moment like that and everything is going crazy, somehow I am able to see the game in slow motion. And he said, seeing the game in slow motion enables me to step back behind that line. It's like I'm in my driveway when I was a kid playing ball. And I'm not, it's just, he said, the game is just, is very slow in my mind. And I remember thinking then, God, I want life to be that way for me. Even if life, and it is hectic and busy and at a pace, but in my mind, slow, calm, nothing like, so I say, God, I want to pace myself. I'm not going to belabor this prayer, but I will give you what those letters stand for. The P stands for praise. God, I praise you for who you are. I, I prayed this this morning. God, I praise you for who you are. You're my savior. You're my healer. You're my constant companion. You're my roommate. You're my friend. You're the perfecter of my circumstances. God, I praise you for who you are. God, as I go through this day, A, I want to abide in you in unbroken fellowship. I said that this morning. I said, God, when I'm up there this morning preaching, I want to abide in you. I want to be so connected to you 
that if you lead me in a different direction, I just go with the Spirit. If you tell me to leave something out or put something in, I'm just in, it's just easy. I just can abide. God, today, don't let sin, circumstances, or somebody else come between me and you. Help me to abide in you today in unbroken fellowship and unbroken oneness. See, God, I commit this day to you. I do that every morning. God, I, and I just, go, I just walk through the day with God. God, today, like, for example, today, God, I commit my time at home this morning before I go to church. Commit the 9.30 service, the worship, the preaching, all of it. God, I commit the 11 o'clock service. I commit talking to people in the family room. God, I commit lunch to you. I commit the afternoon, what I'll do this evening, what I'll do tonight. I just commit it to you. I just put it all in God's hands right up at the beginning. And then the E stands for expect. God, I expect it to be a good day. And so for me, I'm not suggesting you pray that prayer every day. You may have another way you do it. I'm saying... That's what it takes for me to connect to God before I ever get out of bed in the morning. So that's, that's how we want to do. We want to begin the day with Jesus. I would encourage you. I don't begin the day with my cell phone. I don't begin the day checking who all texts me during the night. Because if I did, or who called and now I'm calling them back. I'm glad they called and I'm glad they text and I will get back. But if I begin my day with my cell phone, you know what happened? My cell phone just set the pace of my day. But if I begin the day with Jesus, it's not a long time, but it's some time. If I begin the day with Jesus, he sets the pace and he gets my mind going in the right way. So we want to just begin the day with Jesus. Now, before we go on to the next point, let me ask you. You've been awake five or six hours by now, more than likely. Some of you are not awake yet. You're back to sleep. <laughs> but seriously, you've been up for a few hours. When you woke up this morning, just, just check, check yourself right here. What was the first thing that came on into your mind? What was the first thing? Well, I mean, I think if it would be Jesus, we would have better days. The second thing we do, not only to begin the day with Jesus, but walk with Jesus throughout the day. What is a day? A day is an opportunity to walk with Jesus. You know, when we think about, here's what I'm going to do today. Like I say yesterday. Okay, yesterday I preached a funeral here at First Baptist, a beautiful funeral service. I worked on a sermon. I did what I did. I ate. I washed dishes. I did this, that, the other. We all did things yesterday. But the most important thing is not so much what we do. It's not unimportant. It is important what we do. The most important thing, though, is where is our mind? Where is our heart when we're doing whatever we're doing? And so what we want to do is we go through the day. We want to just walk with Jesus throughout that day. Now, last night when I was finishing this sermon, I got to this part here about walk with Jesus throughout the day. I'm sitting in my study and it's getting late and I'm thinking, now God, what does this mean? I'm gonna tell, tell us all we need to walk with Jesus. But, but, and we do. But how do we do that? How, you know, the challenge to me of the Christian life is that we're talking to a God we can't see. I mean, we're trusting a God that we've never seen to take us to a place a long way from here, heaven, that we've never been. So this faith, I mean, this relationship we have with Jesus is the only relationship we have with anybody. We can't see them. We can't touch him. We can't hear him with our ears. It's the, the nature of the relationship is altogether different, and that's what throws us sometimes. So how can we walk with Jesus? Let me give you a scripture verse to write down. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 24. It says, Enoch walked with God. Let me give you another scripture. Chapter six of Genesis in verse nine, it says Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Did you know that's the highest compliment that could be paid of you? When your life is over, if God could say of you, she walked with me, he walked with me. 
It doesn't get any better than that. And so what we want to do is walk with Jesus throughout the day. But the question is, what does that mean? How can we walk with, with a God we can't see? How do we walk with Jesus when we can't see him, hear him, or touch him? So I've jotted down some things here. The first thing we need is an awareness of God's presence. An awareness of God's presence. Sometimes you'll hear somebody pray and they say, God, I just pray for your presence. Well, God understands that, what they mean. But friend, you don't need to pray for God's presence. You have God's presence. If you're saved, he has promised to never leave you. What we need is an awareness of God's presence in our lives. I remember when I was a child, maybe eight, nine, 10 years old. This continued through my, much of my teenage years. Somehow this whole thing got in my mind about God is with, always with me. Jesus is always there. And I would do little things. I never said anything about it, but I, w- I would do little things that would try to help me remember that Jesus is there. And I can remember when our family would go on a vacation or maybe we might just go to a, out to eat one night, like if we were in a McDonald's. You know, if, and those of you who have kids, you know that if you go on a deal like that, normally everybody in the family has a, a little job. Somebody's gonna wipe the table down, somebody's gonna order the meal and, and, and somebody's gonna choose the table. And Well, my job when we would go out to eat as a family was to get the napkins and the straws. That was the, they trusted me with something very important, napkins and straws. And there were only four of us in our family. But somehow I had this in my mind, Jesus is with us. And so for years, what I would do at McDonald's, I would get not four but five napkins and not four but five straws. I don't think my family ever noticed that. We never did discuss that. I never said anything about it. I'm sure McDonald's didn't like it. I was wasting a napkin and a straw in their, in their mind. But it was as a young person, it was something I could do tangibly and visibly to remind me that a meal of four people was actually a meal of five people. Now, I don't do that anymore, but I'm always doing something like that in my mind to try to remind myself we just need an awareness of the presence of Jesus Christ. Another thing that, talking about walking with Jesus, what, what is, what is it, how do we walk with Jesus? You realize this, that, that a day, here's what a day should be. A day should be an unending conversation with Jesus Christ. That's what it is. Now, that doesn't mean all day long I'm praying in words to God. God, help me, bless me, help her, help that, fix this. No, like right now, I'm not talking to Jesus. I'm talking to you. But while I'm talking to you in my spirit, I'm in unbroken fellowship with Jesus. I don't have anything as far as I know right now. Now, sometimes I do, but I think I'm confessed up. Like, I don't think I have anything in my heart right now between me and him. And so what is a day? It's just an unending conversation with Jesus. For these students, in class, at lunch, on the ball field, in the band room. I mean, your whole day, you just, Jesus is with you. You just talk to him. It's an unending conversation with Jesus. It's a, a day is not so much what we hope to accomplish before it's over with. While we do certainly have things to accomplish, a day is an unending conversation with Jesus Christ. And then I'll tell you something else today is, it, 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 or how to walk with Jesus. Have a tenacious faith in him. Just to, to make your mind up, God, whatever happens, I choose to trust you. Yesterday, this funeral I spoke at for Glenn Cook, faithful member of our church, he and his wife Donna for the last 11 years. They have four daughters, four beautiful girls, and I'm, clo- I'm friends with all of them, but one of them I'm especially close with or more close with. 
I used to see her and her husband at 24-hour fitness all the time, and, and he's just an animal in the gym, and she was a, she was a beast. She's, a, she's just a fine athlete and could do things in the gym and on those bars up there flipping around. I didn't even think it was safe that what she was doing, but she, she could do it. And I'm friends with her. And so I saw her in the family that she and her husband and their kids moved to the hill country a few years ago. We've occasionally stayed in touch with the text. But I saw her yesterday and I said, Dina, I'm so sorry about your daddy. I said, I, 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 know this is, I know this is hard. She said, well, John, you know what I've been through. Her husband, and I, I know very well what she's been through. Her husband died a year ago. Now her father died. I said to her, I don't, you know, you lost Wally. Now you've lost your dad. I said, I, my heart just goes out to you. She said, but it's more than that, John. She told me two other people in the family who've died. And I didn't know about the other two. Uh, the little, not immediate family, but still very close. She said, you know, John, I've lost my, my dad now. I lost my husband. I'm trying to raise these kids by myself. And let me say this, and I need to do an entire sermon on this. I'll tell you the group of people that I have more respect for than any group of people I know are single parents who are trying to raise their kids the right way. I have, my, I have respect for single parents. You're doing everything. You, you're, 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 doing, you're doing everything. And I mean, I, my heart just, I just admire what you're doing. And she's doing that now. But she said, John, I've had these losses, but she said, I've made a decision. Even though I don't understand it, even though it doesn't make sense, especially what her husband died of, she said, but I have made a decision that I am going to trust God and that somehow, some way, he's going to see me through this situation. She's just a tenacious faith. She's facing things that, that most people would never face in a lifetime, and yet she is, and she's just trusting God and moving on, and I just have deep respect for her. And then I'll tell you something else we need, an unconditional love for other people. You know, this, in life, I mean, life's all about relationships, our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, and in these relationships, sometimes we hurt each other's feelings. Sometimes somebody offends us intentionally or otherwise, or unintentionally, and yet we're offended. And if we're not careful, that offense can take root in our heart. And Hello, is it back on? I don't want to get bitter toward anybody over there. And I should be bitter at myself because I knocked it off. It was my own fault. But sometimes maybe that's a sign from God in this sermon right here and let him go. It's holiday week, and I'm going to put it in high gear. But I read this quote last week because sometimes we do get a little bit upset or bitter. R.T. Kendall said this, unless we are walking in a state of forgiveness towards others, we cannot be in an intimate relationship with God. I'm going to tell you something. If you have a bitter attitude or if I have a bitter attitude towards another person, the best thing you could do would be to get down on your knees, confess that to God, and forgive that person and release that and let that go so it doesn't take root and doesn't have a negative effect on your life. I read a few weeks ago in the Proverbs a verse that I've never understood. It says this. We won't take time to look it up. But in Proverbs 25, verses 21 and 22, it says, If your enemy is hungry, give him something to eat. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Well, that makes sense. I mean, that's what we ought to do. But the next verse says this, for in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Now, I've always thought that that meant if somebody's rude to you, you be kind to them 
And by being kind to them, then you'll make them miserable and that will be your reward. (laughs) Just knowing you really stuck it to them, that'll be good. But I never have thought that made sense because that doesn't seem like the way God would want us to be. Like, be nice to her and you'll ruin her day. Hallelujah. And you're going to be mean. You be nice and so you'll ruin her day or ruin his day. I, I studied that verse the other day. And that's not, I, that's not what it means, by the way. And this would be true today, but in Bible times, it was especially true when welders or others were working with pieces of metal, hard metals that wouldn't bend or you couldn't you know, use them very easily. They would take coals of fire and they would heap those coals of fire on top of that metal and they'd let it sit there for a while. And what would happen is those coals of fire would melt the hard metals and then you could use those metals, you could bend it, you could make something out of it. Now, the, when God says, if your enemy's hungry, feed him thirsty, uh, you know, give him something to drink, and in so doing, you'll heap coals of fire on their head. What's it saying? If you'll be kind to somebody who's been unkind to you, your kindness will melt their heart and hopefully rebuild that relationship. Now, that, does, that second part doesn't always happen. That's dependent on them, not just dependent on you. But if you'll be kind, it can nonetheless melt their heart. I can remember many years ago, Dodie Osteen was telling me a story how in the 1950s, she and her husband, John Osteen, were at Central Baptist Church in Baytown. He was pastor there. And she said, John, there was a lady in that church that didn't like me. She wouldn't speak to me in the hall. She wouldn't look at me. She just didn't like me. I didn't know what I'd done to make her mad. But I wanted to make a friend out of this lady, and it just bothered. I prayed about it and tried, and nothing seemed to be working. And she said, one day I decided that I was going to bake her a cake. And she said, so I baked her a cake. I let it cool. I put it in a container. I drove that cake to her house. I rang the doorbell. She answered the door. And I, and I said to her, listen, I've been thinking about you, and I just wanted to give you a cake. And she said, John, from that day on, I had a friend for life in that lady. What did she do? She just heaped coals of fire. You know, it may be today you need to make somebody a cake. And, and take, now, don't make me one. I'll think you've been mad at me, and I did something. If I get 25 cakes this week, I'm going to really be self-conscious. But I think what she's saying is what the by, heap coals of fire by... By being, by being kind. And so walking with Jesus, an awareness, he's with me. What is this day? It's an unending conversation with Jesus. Friend, listen, if we get so busy in a day that we lose sight of the fact that God is with us, we've gotten too busy and something needs to change because the most important thing is him being there with us and then a tenacious faith in him and unconditional love and then end the day with Jesus. You just end it. You start the day with him. You walk with him all day long. Whatever happens, you talk to him about it. And then at the, at, the day, at, the end, at the end of the day, I've been reading a psalm. My favorite thing to do is to, before I go to bed at night to read a psalm. I don't always do that, but I'm doing that now. I read Psalm 8 last night before I went to bed. And in that psalm, I read a verse that says, who is man that you are mindful of him? And that was the verse I went to bed with last night. I thought, God, you're mindful of me. You're thinking about me. And that is such a blessing. So we begin the day with Jesus. We walk with Jesus throughout the day. And we end the day with Jesus. Now, you still listen. Say amen. So a few Wednesday nights ago, two Wednesday nights ago, I finished the service. And I said, hey, I hope everybody can be here Sunday morning. I'm going to preach a sermon called How to Spend a Day. And I dismissed the service. A man came up to me after the service, a good friend of mine. He said, hey, John, that sermon you're going to preach on how to spend a day. He said, you may want to think about how you say all that. He said, because I think there's something more important than spending a day. 
He said, I think we need to be investing our days. And I thought about that. And I thought, he's, he's right on that. I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change my sermon title to How to Invest Today. And then the more I thought about that, I, I texted him the next day. I said, no, I'm gonna stay with my title, How to Spend Today. But I'm gonna come back at the end of the sermon and just mention that we don't need to just spend a day or we certainly don't need to waste a day. What we need to do is to invest our time during the day so that when the day is over, when day 246 is over, we would have invested our day in such a way that day 247 and 248 and so on will be better days than they would have been. I said, I, I really like that insight. I like that thought. Thank you for sharing that with me. Last Wednesday night, I had a beautiful picture of what happened. We had our service here. Our Wednesday night service is one of my favorite services of the year. It's our smallest service of the, of the week, but I just, I just like it. It's a, it's, a, it's a Bible study, worship time. I just like the service personally. And at the end of the service, I said, if anybody here tonight needs to be saved, you can. And I led them in the prayer. And I said, now we're going to take 30 seconds before we dismiss the service. And if any of you have just prayed that prayer, you can stand up. And Well, three people stood up. On a Wednesday night, small crowd, 12-year-old boy, making sure he was saved. And listen to this, two 19-year-old girls. We're having more and more of that college age group coming to the Wednesday night service. Two 19-year-old girls. So I went to the family room to visit with these people and get to know them and congratulate them on their decision. I congratulated the first 19-year-old girl. I congratulated the second one. And the second one said, she said, could I tell you a story? I said, I, I wish you would. She said, I don't know you. I've never been to this church I'm here tonight with my mother. We've both, she's joined the church. I just got saved. But she said, let me tell you why, I'm here, why we're here tonight. She said, a night or two ago, I had a dream. And my dream scared me to death. I said, what did you dream? She said, in my dream, I was surrounded by blackness. Everything was dark and I couldn't find light. Everyone, no matter where I looked, I could find no light and it scared me to death. And she said, in my dream, I started yelling and screaming and crying and saying, please, somebody get, turn the light on. But there was no light. And she said, while I was crying and carrying on like that, she said, I heard a voice and the voice said, get up. And she said, I got up in my dream, I got up. And she said, when I got up, I saw a white light, a circular light, and I moved to, into the direction of that light, and I wanted to get as close to that light as I could. And when I got to the light, a hand was coming down out of that light. And she said, that hand, as it was coming down, I put my hand in that hand, and when I connected my hand to that man's hand, I heard a voice. And the voice said to me, it's not your time yet. And she said, then I woke up. She said, I'm trying to interpret my dream for the last day or two. And she said, my interpretation is this. The dark, this is a 19-year-old girl who's never walked inside a First Baptist Church. And she said, here's how I interpret my dream. The darkness was God's way of saying to me that I'm far from him and that my life is in desperate trouble. The voice saying, get up, was the voice of God saying, do something about it. And when I got up in my dream and I saw the light and I moved to the light and I was warmed and, and blessed by the light, she said, I think the hand coming out of that light was the hand of Jesus. 
And when he reached his hand down and I reached my hand up and then I heard him say, it's not your time yet. I think that was his way of saying to me, it's not your time to die yet. You have more time on earth. But she said, my dream still troubled me, even though that's my interpretation. She said, so what I did, I said to my mother, we've got to find a church. They live in Country Briar, just right down off Fairmont. She said, we've got to find a church near us and we've got to go to church. And her mother said, we'll go to church on Sunday. We'll find a church and go to church. And this girl said, I can't wait to Sunday. We've got to see if there's a church that has services before Sunday. And we found out that First Baptist has a Wednesday night service. She said, sir, we came to your service. We heard your sermon. And at the end, when you explained how we could be saved and how we could receive Christ, she said, I prayed that prayer. I have received Christ. My sins are forgiven. I've come to the light. I know that I'm saved. I've taken my stand. She said, Sunday, I'll be baptized. And she said, I cannot tell you how happy I am. Now, what did that girl do? She had a dream. And God was speaking to her in that dream. You say, you think God speaks in dreams? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I don't think every dream you have is God. If the dream doesn't match up with the Bible, I can assure you it's not God. But yes, God speaks in a multitude of ways. And God spoke to that girl in a dream. And what did she do? She didn't just waste the rest of the week or even spend the rest of the week. What did she do? She invested an hour on Wednesday night when most 19-year-olds are somewhere else doing something else, and she said, I'm going to a church, and I hope some man somewhere will open the Bible and tell me how I can get out of this darkness and how I can come into the light. What'd she do? She invested a day, an hour of that day, and her life was changed. How to spend a day. What I've told you today could change all of our lives if we would do it, if we would begin that day with Jesus, walk with him throughout the day, and in that day with him, everything about our life would change. Yesterday afternoon, I got home from the funeral. I had a little lunch, sat down in the chair, turned the TV on, watched a little bit of the Colorado game. Deion Sanders beat TCU, if you saw that yesterday. It's a good ball game. And the game got over, I turned the TV off, and I said, well, God, I've got to begin thinking about this sermon tomorrow. I mean, it's it's largely finished, but I, I need to work on it. I hadn't even read my Bible or prayed yet, really, for the day. I said, God, I'm going to get a pen, a piece of paper. I'm in the mood to write a poem on how to spend a day. And if, if you'll make it flow, I'll write it. And if not, I'll just, nobody will ever knew I tried. <laughs> so I started writing. And you can determine if it was me making up a bad poem or God giving me a thought or two along the way. But here's what I wrote. This is the day the Lord has made. The Bible is clear about that. I will rejoice and be glad in it so my spirit won't be down and flat. This day will bring some challenges and some obstacles I must face. But I won't face them by myself. I'm surrounded by God's grace. I'll begin this day by thanking God for the blessings he has given. As I focus on his goodness to me, my fears from me will be driven. As I journey on this road of life, I'll have to learn to trust. There are some things that just don't make sense. 
and therefore faith will be a must. And some people I rub shoulders with may rub me the wrong way. Help me, Lord, not to hold a grudge, but God's love to them convey. And should this day be the final day I spend on planet Earth, help me, Lord, to live it well as one who's experienced a spiritual birth. I know my time upon this earth is passing now away, but I look forward to a better land where the skies are never gray. At the appointed time, on the appointed day, I'll see you face to face. But until then, please walk with me and help me to be a good reflection of your grace. Amen? Well, thank you. Thank you. See, you've shown kindness to me in my poem by clapping for me like that. And I pre- you melt my heart, heaps of uh, coals of fire. You did something sweet. Thank you for that. If we'll begin the day with Jesus, just make contact. You, don't, you may not remember everything. Just make contact with him. Just say something to him. Walk with him throughout the day. Whatever happens, just keep talking to him. And then at night, before you turn the lights out and lock all the doors, get your Bible, read a psalm, do something. Listen to a song, bow your head and pray, and you end that day with Jesus, and everything about our lives can be changed. Amen? Father, I thank you today. Here we are in your house. People have invested an hour of their time. In fact, an hour and 10 minutes of their time. And God, I pray this investment will be the best investment of their weekend. Now, with your head bowed and eyes closed, would you just say to God, God, what what that man said is right. It's right out of the Bible. God, help me beginning right now. Now, we can't go back and start the day over. We're all out of our bed. The day's started, but we can start right now. And we can say, God, help me to spend the rest of this day walking with you in unbroken fellowship. And before I go to bed tonight, Help me to end this day with you. That's that's life. Jesus in the morning, Jesus at the noontime, Jesus till the sun goes down. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's life. That's how to to spend a day. Some here today are like that 32-year-old man in the first service. Maybe this is your first time and maybe your wife made you come or your mama made you come or your grandmother made you feel guilty and here you sit. Maybe your neighbor's been pestering you and you said, I'm gonna just go and get this over with. But you're here. And today you need to receive Christ. You need to get out of that darkness and come to the light. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and you can receive Christ right now if you'll pray this prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, please forgive my sins. Come into my heart and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me and I trust you to do it. I trust you, Jesus. Welcome to my heart. Begin now to make me the person that you want me to be and help me to spend every moment of every day walking with you. 